to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 62. I'm the dude that chases, you know, two miles. It's hard not to. Two miles too far, and then I'm like, ah, dang, I got myself killed. Hey, where did you go? (laughs) Why aren't you with the team? I, you know, I chased it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It totally happens, especially if you happen to be playing on a, on a speedy character where it's just kind of easy to do. I mean. Lord of of Nords is my chaser. The leaping, it just, you know, he leaps and just, (laughs) it gets, gets real. trouble. Gets real trouble real quick. Yeah. Uh, Man, if I'm on a Stamsork, which they don't, they're not (sighs) in trouble if they chase. Yeah, they're never in trouble. They're chasing could be, you know, you could say, hey, you're chasing. And then two seconds later, you're like, oh, wait, never mind. I thought you were on the other side of the map, which they were. Yeah. But you just like don't right behind you. <laughs> they're right <laughs> behind you now. I was like, wait a minute. I thought I saw you. Oh, never mind. Never mind. All right. Last time you mentioned your Magicka Dragonite, you mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. Uh, a level 15 actively leveling. Yeah. So what are you like at level 35, 40 by now? That was two weeks ago. So, so what's the. I am at. Drum roll. Okay. I'm drum rolling. Level 15. I, <laughs> I actually, so. <laughs> the act of leveling. What are your leveling strats, yeah. dude? <laughs> Where, where's your spot, bro? <laughs> um, yeah. So I have not uh, logged on to the MagDK since we've talked, which there's two things going on here. One. I'm completely terrified that when I level this mag DK up that I'll never play Lord of Nords again. Who's my favorite character? But like if I start playing a mag DK, am I just never going to play a stam DK ever again? Like is mag DK you you've terrified me into thinking mag DK is just going to work better than the stam DK. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think honestly, I doubt you have to worry too much about that because I think as far as just like a a solo hero type of build where you're you personally are just trying to get as many kills as you can, I think stamina in general still has an edge over magicka builds in that regard. You know, yeah. I think uh, like my stam DK gets more kills than my mag DK certainly. It's it's gonna happen for sure. Um, but so secondly, going back to my my uh, magicka templar here. Yeah, what Bard a of what a journey this has been. Bard of Sovereign Guard, the Bard of Sovereign Guard. So I came up with the idea to redo the build, um, you know, and I talked a little bit about it where I was going to kind of make this real unique Magicka Templar. I was going to use the Dark Flare uh, as the spammable. I was going to mm-hmm. use the Radiant Oppression as the execute. wanted to do Soul Assault for my ultimate. So uh, I notice you're speaking in past tense, so that I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing that's all out the window now. It's not out the window. Couldn't but get away from jazz, this could is, you? This is really what I want to talk to you about. <laughs> uh, first off, let me just say this. The grind to get Soul Assault is jeez um you have to completely finish the main quest uh and this is kind of where i'm getting with this so on this long long grind to get soul assault to make this build work just doing the quest i haven't even done battlegrounds just doing the quest i've already switched from dark flare to jabs (laughs) well you know, in PV, I think like going through PVE areas and stuff, that seems natural. You know, well, you're going to be able to get through those things easier. But here's the deal. Let's let's talk about this for a minute. So uh, Dark Flare with this build in my setup uh, is 11,500 uh, damage. That's the tooltip. Uh-huh. So I threw jabs on there just to see the jabs tooltip is 15k. 
I'm going from 11.5 to 15K, and it's an AoE, and it heals me. It doesn't do, you know, it doesn't do the ma- the empower or the major defile, but and it also will proc, uh, like guaranteed to proc yes. the burning light passive. Burning so it's more like twenty k. I mean, this is kind of one of the things I want to talk to you about. Is there? Can you just not choose gems on a Templar? Is that is that just like what I need to realize? Like, is is for players out there? If you have a Templar, do you just have to do gems? Well, the the Templars that I see using Dark Flare, I do see some out there, but uh, they seem to be primarily support focused and they're hanging back with the team and that's just kind of a a way that they're providing support they're throwing in some additional damage and debuffing people with that defile with that yeah that's that's how i've seen it used um so i think if you really wanted to use that particular ability i think that might be kind of the play style you'd go for it's not about damage yeah yeah it's like it's like supplemental damage and debuffing is kind of what your goal would be when I really kind of looked at it and did the the research behind it and compared the number stuff, it's just crazy to me how elite jabs. Because we always joke that jabs is one of the best spammables in the game, but man, oh, it's the best. It's in the, the game. best yeah. spammable <laughs> in the game. Uh, that that's kind of where I started. So I switched to jabs, and I was kind of like, all right, this is kind of changing the idea of the character. Uh, then next thing I know is that I'm getting rid of radiant oppression. I'm like, all right, I'm going to drop this for purifying light. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. I just, that beam, man, it locks you down into place. You're, you're, you're kind of locked down. There's a line of sight to it. Uh, power of the light. You just throw it on there and then you're done. Don't even worry about it. So you're just turning back into a normal Templar, basically. So, yeah, so essentially, so next thing you know, I drop Rune Focus for Mighty Chudan, and then I drop Soul Assault. And now I'm to the point where I'm, like, about to finish the main quest, and I'm like, well, maybe I'll just stick with Eye of the Storm. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, I did this whole main quest, which, like I said, it's a great main quest, but I've done it quite a few times, so it was a little bit of a uh-huh. And I'm sitting here thinking, I did this whole main quest just to return the build back to the way that it was. Like, in the in the process of... Trying to get this ultimate, you you learned that you don't actually want it. That I don't want any of it. (laughs) Just drop it all. Just just get rid of it all. If you think it's like a good idea for a PvP build, I think you really (laughs) ought to try it against some actual players before really making some. I I will. I I, I will at least give it that. But just looking at the tooltips, like I I already see the writing on the wall. It's yeah, uh, it's tough not to not to pick those bread and butter abilities because they they're so good. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they're popular. I remember saying when you were talking about this dude last time, I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm curious to see if you're going to keep yeah. Mighty Chudan. I'm pretty sure I said those exact words. So, needless to say, I, I the, the biggest change to this character, which has taken me forever to grind out, is that I just changed a couple armor sets, is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Dropped Clever uh, Alchemist, uh, and you know... I do like the uh, the Vatisheran Destro. You're doing War Maiden in place of War Maiden. War Maiden Vatisheran Destro. I I will end up having to throw because I said I took Mighty Chudan off, but I haven't really found um, a monster set replacement that I love. I do a One Piece and uh, Wild Hunt. Man, feels so good on a Magplar. You know what? I that's that's actually I'm glad you said that because that's another change I forgot to mention. I took Malakath off and put Wild Hunt on. So uh, okay. it's nice, literally nice. coming back. So I already had the spot for Wild Hunt, but I still, the kind of the way the setup I have is that I have five War Maiden um, armor pieces and then the jewelry. I have uh, two willpower uh, and then uh, I had Malakath. I've already switched it out for Wild Hunt. 
all in all, what it's really done is that it's probably going to lead me to leveling up my mag DK. Uh, yes. <laughs> because that's the one that I'll probably be Dude. a little bit more creative with. The, the, Double the Magica Magica Templar, will be a really good time. Ooh, that would be a lot of fun. The, the Magic Templar in a BG world, you're just, you know, I hate to say it, you're just a little limited to, to what you can do and still be... You know, I, if you I love, want to be like really offensively focused, yeah. I would say your your options are limited. If you're willing to be more uh, support leaning, then sure. I think you do have a lot of options then. So yeah, that's the quest of my Mag DK leading to my Magic Templar, which in turn is probably going to lead back to me leveling the Mag DK. I'm looking forward to that. I think you're right that you're very much going to enjoy a, mag- a magic of dragon knight i don't think you need to worry about it taking the place of your stam dk I-, I honestly think you will have you will get more kills like better kill death ratios with your stam dk still sure. but you are, you'll have so much fun with a mag dk especially like we always talk about by just by virtue of being a magic character uh it'll be able to provide some team support as well uh and they're just you can build them a number of ways i'm, yeah. I'm curious to see kind of which how, how you end up setting them up, like which morphs you choose and that kind of stuff. That's the exciting part, I think, is that, you know, kind of like I was talking about with this Magic of Templars, that I think the Mag DK is going to be what allows the uh, creative build that I was kind of trying to do with this Magic Templar. And Magic of Templar, great class, but I think that from what I can tell so far, the Magic of DK is going to allow a little bit more creativity with the build yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of flexibility with dks that's that's partly what's so fun about them because i play mine basically as like a a high speed ganker uh but like we talked about last time there's also the the old style the old school battle of attrition style brawly kind uh that's uh super fun if you can pull it off but i think it's kind of in my opinion it's kind of hard to pull off that that sort of play style but the people that are good at it it seems like a really good time yeah that's really cool I uh, I got a name drop my magic DK just in case you know I haven't dropped him. It's the bald scald. Bald scald, great name. Love it. What's his hairstyle like? He is actually a bald man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting, surprising. Uh, I actually love the look I have uh, on him. He I have the um, it's that kind of like lava scaly skin type that they have. Oh yeah, uh-huh. which is just perfect for a mag DK, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's that. He's bald. Got a beard. He's a Nord, in case people are wondering. Uh, I want to back up a little bit and just talk a little bit about Battlegrounds in general. And I, I have some builds and stuff I want to talk about, too. And I think you have another one as well. Sure. But I kind of want to back up and just talk about the fact that we've had uh, two weeks now, a little over two weeks of Deathmatch only in Battlegrounds, um, which has been a pretty interesting time. Uh have you had a chance to play any BGs in the last couple of weeks? I have. Not yeah. not a whole lot. I would compare the Deathmatch only queue right now to, uh, do you remember like that zebra gum when we were <laughs> yes. children where like you were so hyped and pumped to get it and the flavor lasted approximately. Was it called like fruit stripe gum yes. or something like that? The flavor lasted approximately two seconds zero time just yeah two... before it like by the time you took it out of the wrapper yeah. it's it's done the flavor yeah. was over it's gone you just got to like sniff and like smell the flavor and it was over <laughs> yeah. that to me is kind of what this deathmatch has become like i was so hyped and pumped for deathmatch only and then it's like after i did kind of several deathmatches i kind of was harshly reminded like i don't really love 
the BG situation right now with the sets and Dark Convergence and uh, it's really of, just Dark Convergence. Now. A little bit of Dark and... Convergence and then some other Dark Convergence and then uh, <laughs> a little bit of Dark Convergence on the side. Uh, it's so uh, it's so telling how they've fixed everything that was wrong with the meta except this one set oh, which gosh. the fix is coming for that later it but it hasn't happened yet but uh it's still like that one set is just ruining everything yeah it's it's just kind of naturally made me hold back i was so excited about deathmatch and then it just kind of you know as i played them i was just kind of like well it's you know i'm gonna wait a little bit i i'm super pumped when the that dark convergence nerf comes but I think most of the time, most of your playtime in the last couple of weeks have been like us grouping up together in a duo and yep. joining up in the in the group queue. Yep. And I will tell you that the the solo queue is a bit different experience. That's uh, true. I've not I've not done the solo queue. I've only done the group queue with us. So it seems like a lot of the players in the solo queue have kind of moved on from Dark Convergence. They've kind of had their fun. They've had their fill, and they're just kind of trying to have some good PvP. Is what it seems like to me. Uh, whereas you get into the group queue and it's just these people are just trying to win the match, you oh. know. Um, so I will say that there a lot of people are kind of moving on from this toxic meta and just, just choosing to use different stuff. Uh, you see that quite a bit in the solo queue. Uh, Rothgar's chill has disappeared. It's gone. Like it was, it. it was nerfed. They might have fixed it a little too good, I think. Like, I'm okay uh, with that, actually, with how much I hated this set. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I hated this one as much as Dark Convergence, but it, it was annoying. I, I think I think they still need to do some other stuff to Hrothgar's Chill um, to make it... like Because now it's not even... I don't think it's even an attractive set at all now, where it was overpowered before. Um, but the, the nerf was indeed left out of the maintenance notes unintentionally. It was not, it was an accident. It was just some sort of miscommunication. Uh, Gina did post the actual notes in a, in a forum thread, um, basically just confirms all the things that you can just read in the game about the set. It, it deals 13% of your total resistances and it ignores your resistance when it deals that damage. Um, they fixed an issue where, uh, it was ignoring battle spirit. So there's the mystery damage that everyone was like, this is hitting for way more than the math says that it should be able to. Uh, but that's the reason it was basically hitting for double uh, what it should be able to in, in PVP. So I thought we could do a little bit of quick math with the, the new version of Rothgar's chill. Um, so um, let's suppose it procs on your tankiest teammate. Let's say they have 33 K um, physical and spell resistance. So you combine those together and that's 66k. And that's that's probably the most resistance that you'll generally that's see on players, yeah. right? That's your like 33k is 33k is effectively the resistance cap. Uh, very few players go above that. So this is basically like the worst case scenario for Rothgar Shield. It's going to proc on your tankiest teammate with 66k total combined resistances. Um 13% of that 66k is 85.80. So that's what Hrothgar's Chill would hit for if it wasn't for Battle Spirit. Uh, Battle Spirit cuts that in half, so it's going to hit for 42.90. And that does ignore your resistance, so that's actually how much it actually will hit you for, unless you have like major protection, minor protection, something like that. Um, but still, I think it has a 7 second cooldown, 42.90 every 7 seconds. Not concerned about that, yeah. really. I'm okay with it. I mean, it went from... For a while there, Hrothgar's Chill was like, when you're in a battleground, you're just hoping, like, 
Well, I hope it doesn't go off because it's going to instantly kill me. Like you're just hoping oh, yeah. against it. That was largely due to that bug where it was ignoring battle spirit. I my issue my issue here is that I'm I mean I'm believe me I'm super glad it was nerfed, <laughs> but my issue here is this is the like if you're someone who's using Hrothgar's chill, this is the best case scenario. You're hitting the tankiest player on the f- battlefield and it still hits for a piddly amount of damage. You know I think at least if you're hitting like a really tanky player, it should do some kind of threatening sort of damage but i don't know it's honestly a- i think the fix here that's the that's the thing though is actually i'm kind of changing my mind now because you don't want someone to be able to deal lots of damage if they themselves aren't investing into exactly. offensive that's what I was stats just about to say. that's the weird thing about this set is that it you know all these other proc sets you know if you ramp your damage up then you get rewarded this set it just is what it is you don't have to have yeah. damage and so it's such a weird set it seems like they should just change like plain and simple just change the damage to scale off of your offensive stats like all the rest of the proc sets i would be okay with that and just balance it accordingly like all the others and i think players would be okay with that because it you know the real popular thing to this there's there's been like um i feel like for a while now there's been a lot of players that kind of want to make this frost mage frost caster type of build and so that yeah. was like a lot of hype behind this. It's kind of this frost idea and it fed into that. Just make it off your offensive stats and then you still can have that. Yeah. I think a lot of players can still, still have the same it. proc condition and all of that. And then it's balanced along with other sets. It's it's not this weird, you know, quirky side thing. You can get a lot of damage on. out of it, but at the expense of, you know, you yeah. having to make sacrifices in your build to, to get that damage. And yeah, this should just be, I think they overthought this, you know, like it was a neat idea, like, oh, it scales off of your enemy's resistance. How interesting, how unique. But in practice, we see that's not at all what we want. You know, we like we, no. we needed to just to scale off of offensive stats, like all the other damaging sets. I want to talk about my Magicka Necromancer. And we've actually, we're both kind of working on our Mag Crows and they're both support builds. Um, my Magicka Necromancer is named Despair and I'm actually starting to get a little bit hyped about this character. Um, still, I think Mag Crow is still the superior support class. Um, still over Mag- Magicka Warden. I've kind of been bouncing back and forth between the two just to kind of compare their effectiveness in the current meta. Um Magcro is still superior, and I'm even just using kind of a <clears throat> kind of a temporary thrown together build right now on my Magcro, and I still say um, that she's she's way more successful than my my Magden at just carrying teams to victory, basically. Just more of an impact. Yeah, my Magden is an excellent healer. I'm not saying anything about her, but she just needs to be on a team of competent players, whereas my Magcro, competent, not competent, just just jump aboard, <laughs> choo choo, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, her uh, kind of temporary build, but honestly, I would totally just straight up recommend this to to anyone. It's been working really well for me. It's uh, five Heartland Conqueror crafted in light, uh, two Earth Gore, two Trainee Malakath, uh, the Master Frost Staff on the front bar, uh, and the Maelstrom Resto on the back bar. Um, and uh, the front bar weapon, the Master Frost Staff, right now is Nern honed, and the back bar is uh, powered for extra healing power. I like Nernhoned on the front bar. I'm probably going to change that next patch, but right now I do like Nernhoned because it gives me some good firepower on my front bar, and it also will affect my my hots. Like I cast my hots on my back bar, and then I, I bar swap, 
So they're not getting that powered trait anymore while I'm on my front bar, but at least Nernhoned is giving them some extra spell damage to, to bump them up a little bit, even so. Okay. Um, plus giving me that extra firepower, too. Yeah. The Master Staff, I, I learned, I just was reading the description a little more closely than usual, and I learned that uh, the Master uh, Destro Staff procs after activating Destructive Touch. Not after dealing damage, but just after you activate the ability, you get that 600 spell damage. So that's pretty nice, because people often often dodge that ability anyway, um, but it doesn't matter if you if you miss them, you still get the, the damage buff. That's a pretty unique uh, proc condition. Yeah, for the longest time, like I've, I've been wasting Magicka because I've just been assuming I need to hit somebody in order for this to activate, and so I'll just keep spamming it if they're dodging it, you know, until I hit them, but uh, it's not necessary. Yeah, that's nice. So that's kind of the temporary setup. It's working pretty good. Uh, but what's getting me hyped about this character is uh, the possibilities coming up uh, this next patch. And I have a really good idea of, of what the build's going to be. I, I kind of have to figure a couple of things out. Um, I'm keeping Heartland Conqueror, uh, but I'm going to get rid of the trainee and Malakath and the Master uh, Frost Staff. And I'm going to replace all of that with that new uh, Kin Marcher's Cruelty set that we talked about on the last episode. That's the one that's like the opposite of Daedric Trickery, and it, it gives your enemies like a random major debuff every, I think, eight seconds. Um, and like the way the cooldowns and durations work, you can have two major debuffs active at a time on your enemies. Um, this is the set I've been waiting for, for <laughs> this character. Awesome. It's going to be true despair. I mean, to the namesake. Yeah, this is going to be actually the the conception that I've always had for this build, but I've never been able to put it together because the sets and stuff just haven't existed until now. Like I've like I have to use the Maelstrom Resto staff on the back bar. There's just no no option in my mind for for this character. So I got to have a front bar only set that makes sense for the for the build that I'm trying to make and there just aren't any good debuff sets in the game that will work as a front bar only set. They all require you to like take damage or block damage or yeah. something like that. Um, this one, Kin Marcher procs from dealing direct damage. It's a guaranteed proc. Uh, it affects everyone in my radius. Uh, so it's just really easy to proc, really easy to, to apply to everyone. You can use it as a front bar only set and you don't lose out on anything when you bar swap. Um, so it's just perfect. It's perfect for that. Uh, the the random debuffs they're all major uh, debuffs and, and they're all useful right it doesn't matter which one you get you're going to be weakening your enemy in one in one way or another and like I said you're going to have two at a time active most of the time well this so this new kin marcher set along with this new charged trait buff is really yes. just I mean it's all about despair coming up here it's it's going to be the despair show. Yes, I think she's gonna. I think this build is gonna be really, really good. And uh, yeah, you 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 brought up my next point. This new charge trait, actually, the new charge trait along with Heartland Conqueror is the real kind of combo there. Because as we as we talked about on the last episode, uh, the charged weapon trait is being more than doubled. It's like four hundred eighty percent increased chance to increase status uh, to apply status effects, and then Heartland Conqueror is gonna double that. Right, so it's basically like a one thousand percent increase. <laughs> it's almost a one thousand percent increase chance to apply status effects, and um, 
And on this build, <laughs> on my front bar, I have uh, I have all three elemental damage types on my front bar. I have fire damage from blast bones. I have frost damage from the wall of frost. And I'm using the the tether ability the the tether ability that deals lightning damage. And those are I'm basically guaranteed to be applying those status effects all the time because of the charge trait and, and Heartland Conqueror. Thousand percent. I don't <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a thousand percent used like actual like no actually a thousand percent not not an exaggeration yeah. <laughs> an actual thousand percent <laughs> literally i'm not joking it's like almost that much but um yeah even even just those elemental um damage types you know they each have their associated uh status effects that they can apply uh and they themselves are really powerful you know uh, shock damage applies uh, minor vulnerability um, when you apply the chilled status effect with uh, Wall of Frost, they're going to uh, get minor maim, so they're not going to be dealing as much damage. And because of your Destro Staff passives, they also get minor brittle, so they take additional uh, critical damage. And so you have two things that are making them take additional damage now. Uh, and then, you know, fire damage, that'll just give them a dot, basically. But still, that's a, that's a debuff, too. Uh, on top <laughs> of what Ken Marcher is giving me yeah. all these major debuffs on top of all of that, you know, I'm just going to be like... I'm going to be the thing like in cartoons, like walking through a field of daisies and they're all like wilting and dying as I get close. Uh, it's perfect. This is always what I've wanted this character to be. It's going to be the real dream to to duo this character with Davius, like all of the team, all of the team buffs along with all of the enemy debuffs. Like <laughs> that would be funny. That'd be great. We got to try that. Oh, we got to make that happen in the future. You're making That's... our team as strong as they can be. And yeah. I'm weakening the enemies as much as I can. Just That's give us perfect. two. Just give us two bodies it's gonna work out everybody don't worry <laughs> we need like two like monsters on our team they can yeah. just rack up kills oh gosh um, so yeah i'm i'm getting pretty psyched about my mag crow getting a little kind of bummed about my magden but i think that's just because like i was saying my magden i think is good she just has to be like on a pre-made you know yeah. where everyone's just kind of on top of things yeah um that's great it's like it's just since I've made this character, I've wanted her to be this way. And it's just the stuff hasn't existed until now. So it's going to be awesome. So what's going on with your Mag Crow, the never-ending Nord? <laughs> the never-ending Nord. One um, of my... I haven't heard from more... this guy in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. So um, he, you know, Mag Crow, we're going to talk, it's a lot of Necro. We're going to talk a lot of a, a Necromancer here going on. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we we were talking about this. We were doing some some duos, and we were kind of making a joke about the current state of, of battlegrounds right now. We kind of made a joke where there's like, it's not really a safe place right now for like experimenting <laughs> and like testing. It's kind of like you have kind of these characters you feel safe with, and so it's like, well, I'll I'll just play with the ones that I feel safe with. Kind of the current uh, yeah, situation. Totally. The Neverending Nord is definitely a character you can feel safe with. This guy's. Number one goal is just to not die. That's that's just mm -hmm. what it's about. It's just he's never ending. Um, just a, a reminder of the build. He's, he's five-piece beekeeper, uh, five-piece willow's path. I always like to uh, really, really focus that one because I don't Yeah, I might be the only person in the server wearing that set. <laughs> not a lot of people rocking willow's path these days, that's for sure. Um, the gaze of Sithis um, for the mythic and then one-piece trainee. This so I really what I want to do is I just kind of want to run down some stats with this character. 
so in a BG with Battle Spirit, it's uh, 3250 health recovery, 40,000 health, 30,000 magicka, 20,000 stamina. So stats. just just the greatest stats uh, with with that kind of health, that kind of health recovery, you know, throwing out heals, throwing out, uh, you know, blast bones, things like that. Uh, the damage, really the focus with the character is really to be support, just kind of focus, support, focus, support, throw blast bones every now and then, things like that. And, and really just kind of do the debuffs. Uh, it's got a front bar frost staff. So, you know, kind of do the, the slowed, get everybody chill, you know, get everybody slowed down. Uh, and then, you know, if there's situations where it's a good spot for damage, uh, I have the Goliath um, ultimate. Uh, when this character's in the Goliath morph, uh, he has 75,000 health, which causes that uh, Goliath. I have the morph that deals like the AOE damage. So it's 4,500 damage per second when he's in that morph. So if there if the situation comes up where he needs to turn on the damage... I can pop that morph, and uh, I think it, you know, we've joked about this in the past, but it's funny to kind of see people be like, oh, what the heck just happened? Or why yeah. am I taking so much damage all of a sudden? And a lot of people are not aware that that is dealing damage, and so yeah. they, like, they don't know where it's coming from. And you can still, like, focus support yeah. while your offensive teammates are oh, just yeah. kind of benefiting from that extra damage. Oh, yeah, it's just kind of added pressure, and I'm still throwing the heals out there. Um, so yeah, this character, he's definitely on my safe list for Battlegrounds right now. Uh-huh. Macro always feels comfortable, I think, yeah. in like every meta. Uh, I hadn't really played with him in a while, but you know, I kind of started playing with him a little bit more, uh, here recently. And I kind of was like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy will be just fine. Uh, regardless mm-hmm. how, how dangerous the, the Battlegrounds are right now. I feel like I can just like camp out in that wall of frost remote totem little oh, yeah. nightmare house you can build with those two things. Like yeah. I, I just feel like I'm untouchable as long as I have those abilities slotted. Oh yeah. And the intensive mender, of course. Uh, I've been pretty happy with him. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird build, you know, it's he's he it's funny because I always uh, when I'm on other characters, I always joke about and complain in Battlegrounds about how some tanky necro goes into Goliath form, and it's like, ah, oh, you can't kill these guys. And then I'll go and hop on the Neverending Nord, and he's very much the That's full, what he is. <laughs> that's exactly what he is. So, you know, yeah. he just kind of uh, just kind of gets to be a target dummy in BGs. He, the people just kind of beat on him a bit, and that, that health recovery is still massive. Uh, and, and the 3250 health recovery in the current BG is just kind of... An insane amount after they already, you yeah. know, after they did the nerf. That's just. That's a lot. Like I, I've said before, like if I only have like a thousand health recovery, that feels like a lot to me. Yeah. And I can definitely tell that I have it. So having over 3000, I'm sure. He's in a good spot. He, he, he heals up real quick. Man, but I want to go back to that int- intensive mender, man. If anyone is make is playing a magcro uh, in a BG you got to use the intensive mender. You got to go intensive mender. It's it's a it's a shorter duration, but it's also half the cost of the other morph, so you're actually mm-hmm. not spending any more magicka to keep it active. Um mine has an 11k tooltip. Every 2 seconds automatic 11k to anyone who needs it. I can just walk around blindfolded and anyone who on my team who needs a heal, they're going to get an 11k. Boom, boom, boom. Um and then if I'm actually focus healing someone with my burst heal, that has a, a 15k tooltip, you know, and if I'm stacking that with my intensive mender, 
well, we're like a we're healing for like twenty seven k right there. Plus, if I have a regeneration tick on them, we're like close to thirty k. Yeah. In a, in a single cooldown, you know. Uh, of course, there's battle battle spirit reduces all of that. Of course, sure. which is going off of tooltips. You know, it's a ton. That heal doesn't count towards your total heals, but it is a massive heal. Uh, yeah. You may see a macro support that has real low healing numbers, but. You know, if he's got intensive mender, those you might as well double those healing numbers. Yeah. Well, and I've always thought of Magcrow like the the main thing that they're really bringing to the table is like oppressive crowd mm. control. Um, and then if we have like insanely strong heals at the same time, then all the better. But I think that's really at the end of the day because my Magden has crazy strong heals. But what makes my Mag Crow superior is the the amazing crowd control and like zoning pot- potential. You can just yeah. claim an area and yeah. or you can just like totally block people from entering a certain spot, you know, and kind of protect your team in that way. You you get clever with where to place those things and you can really do a lot with that. So I've been having a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun with our Mag Crows, but I think next patch they're they're gonna be even in even better shape. More necromancer talk. Uh, All about the crows tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been playing quite a bit with my stamina necromancer, Bobby Bobango, uh, the bow crow. I think every time I talk about this guy, he has a totally different gear setup, uh, and t- today is no different. Um, so he's a bow build. First of all, I've been if I'm kind of wanting to play an offensive character, this is the guy that I go to because he's really my only like really good ranged character and i feel like if that's what i'm going for is to be just to get kills and that's the kind of character i'm playing range characters are the only ones that can even really do anything at all in bgs right now um the last time i talked about him i had gone back to a a proc a proc based setup uh, but now i've gone uh, back to a more uh, stat based setup and uh I'm kind of ashamed to admit this is my third character now uh, that I have Bone Pirate equipped on as his um, as his five piece set that's active on both bars, uh, and I just can't get away from Bone Pirate. It's just like the perfect set for me for my for how I play stamina builds. Bone Pirate is just the way to go. It's the only thing that gives me all the stats and all the sustain that I need to to have that like really high energy fast paced play style and that sort of mobility based defense you know you chug through the stamina when you play that way and there's nothing there's no comparison to bone pirate i don't think uh that gives me all of that um my front bar only set kind of equally uh i'm kind of equally ashamed of this one uh, five pieces Spriggan with a sharpened bow on the front bar. So Bone Pirate Spriggan, <laughs> this is like a beginner build, you know? Like this is like if someone's uh, like wanting to make their first stamina hey, PvP character, this is exactly what I tell them to get. 2018 called and once it's it's build back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is totally what uh, I would recommend to a new player. I'd be like, start with this basic setup, Bone Pirate and Spriggan, and then go from there if you want to branch out from there. I think it might be easier at this point. You know, just list your... Let's talk about your characters that aren't wearing Bone Pirate and Spriggan. There aren't any. It's, <laughs> uh, not any left. Uh, for, a, for a medium armor build with a bow, it's just tough to pass up that um, that setup. I'm, I'm getting sick of procs. I want stat-based uh, sets or stat-based builds. Yeah. Um, Spriggan is still the king of front bar only sets. You know, I could use something else if I wanted to, but it, it would be less damage and it you know, it would only be because of my own stubbornness of not wanting to use the same set over and over again. Other, otherwise, it's it's the best option, uh, plain and simple. Yep. Uh, as far as how I want to play, 
So five bone pirate, five spriggan. Spriggan is a front bar only set with a sharpened bow. Uh, I have a potentate's two-hander on the back bar with a powered trait. Uh, Ring of the Wild Hunt and One Piece Krog. So last time I talked about this dude, he was using Malakath. I've switched to Wild Hunt now. Definitely the right move. I should have done it a long time ago. <laughs> um, it just uh, it helps so much. Like I mean, his, this dude's defense is range and mobility and Wild Hunt. It actually helps my sustain quite a bit because I'm not sprinting nearly as often because I just kind of have the speed I need already. Uh, and I've found that I'm not really noticing a damage loss from not having Malakath. In fact, sometimes it seems like I have more damage because now now I have crit. I have about 30% crit rate on this dude. Um, and when I get those crit spikes, when I get lucky and say like a Blast Bones and my Spammable and Light Attack Weave, all three crit at the same time, in that moment, it's way more damage than what Malakath would be giving me. Even though like Malakath would give me more like average DPS overall, um, but crit will actually give you those spikes that can really yeah. take someone down when you, when you get lucky. Um, so I really haven't noticed, I feel like I'm, I haven't really lost damage. And in fact, like I said, in, in some situations, in a lot of situations, I've actually gained damage, uh, and I've gained this mobility, better survivability, better sustain because of wild hunt. Um, so that was a great move. This is like a really basic meat and potatoes build, but I think this is probably going to be locked in for a while. I really enjoy it. I really like that. I'm not relying on any cheese. There's no procs. It's just some good stats, some good offensive stats, and me knowing how to play this character, and and that's what's making me successful. Um, I want to talk a little bit more in depth about this dude because I've just been having so much fun with him, and I've been kind of, I don't know, really getting to know what he's capable of, and and just kind of getting into these details. I want to talk a little bit about his offensive strategy. And this can really apply, you know, if you're not playing on a Bokro, you're playing on some different builds, this can really apply, these strategies can really more or less apply to just about any build, kind of the, the principles involved here. Um, so he basically has three different combos that he uses, depending on what kind of enemy I'm up against. Um, the first combo I call the quick and easy, the quick and easy combo. <laughs> uh, and that's the one I would say like 75% of players that I come up against, this combo will work just fine. Uh, what it is, is um, of course you're always light attack weaving, never not light attack weaving all the time. Um, then open up with poison injection, summon a blast bones, stun them with magnum shot, and then spam your spammable until blast bones lands. I use the, the poison skull uh, spammable. Yep. Um, so yeah, real easy. Just summon Blast Bones, stun them with Magnum Shot, spam your spammable. And always just start with uh, Poison Injection just to get that ticking away. Uh, I use the Ballista Ultimate, the Bow Ultimate that places a turret on the ground. If that's ready, uh, the best place to cast that is right after summoning Blast Bones, but right before stunning them with Magnum Shot. Right, so you do your blast bones, ballista, then stun them, and then when they're they're trying to pick themselves up off the ground, that ballista is just ticking away, you know. Um, so you're kind of guaranteeing that they're going to take a few hits of that at least, and then by the time they stand up, that's right when blast bones is hitting, along with your spammables and everything else. Um, so that alone is a pretty good amount of damage, and like I said, for most targets, it, it works just fine. The second combo is uh, for when you need a little bit more finesse. If you're up against someone who is a little bit better player, they're a little bit harder to kill, you're going, you need to kind of work through their stamina bar a little bit before you can really lay some damage into them. 
Um, this is how I do it for them. Uh, open with poison injection, like always. Um, and then I uh, immobilize them with bombard and the bow ability bombard. Um, immobilize them with that, summon a blast bones. Um, and then what's going to happen is almost guaranteed they're going to roll dodge out of that immobilization. So what I do, uh, you know, after I mobilize them, summon blast bones, then I start charging up a heavy attack, waiting for them to complete that roll dodge. And then as soon as it's done, I release that heavy attack and weave it straight into a magnum shot to stun them. And then I spam my spammable until blast bones lands. So they just wasted stamina dodging out of that immobilization. They're going to have to waste more stamina breaking out of the, the stun from magnum shot. And, you know, depending on how much stamina they had to begin with, now they might they might not be able to block the incoming damage that's coming at them, right? So that's kind of a way of, like, using soft CC and hard CC to, to chew through their stamina bar to get through those defenses so they could, they'll actually take the damage you're throwing at them. Um, so that's the finesse combo. That works. So the, the quick and easy will get you, like, 75% of your kills. Finesse, let's say it's another, I don't know, 15%. So the last like 10% of players, the really good players that are really tough to kill and that have a very high likelihood of killing you, you really kind of have to be on your toes. You really have to make sure that they're not getting in melee range because you're, you're defenseless basically in melee range. Your whole defense is mobility and distance. Um, so this combo, it's really more like a rotation. It's for like a long drawn out 1v1 fight in a battleground against a, against a really good player. It's actually really simple. Um, it's pretty uh, similar to the quick and easy combo. So tag them with poison injection, like always. And then the idea is basically each rotation, you're alternating between immobilizing them with bombard and then the next rotation, stunning them with magnum shot. And then the next rotation, you go back to bombard. So after you get your poison injection on them, you're going to summon your blast bones, immobilize with bombard, and then spam your spammable. And then summon blast bones, stun them with magnum shot, spam spam your spammable, right? And so it's just blast bones, uh, bombard, spammable, blast bones, magnum shot, spammable. And every other time you just go back and forth between magnum shot and bombard. Um, okay. And the the whole while you're maintaining your distance from that player because that's your that's your defense, right? Yeah. And so the purpose of that is. Um, Bombard immobilizes them. That's a that's a soft CC, uh, and Magnum Shot stuns them, which is a hard CC. And those are on two separate cooldowns. Um, so as long as you're spacing them out like that, if you're just going back and forth from one rotation to the next, then each time you hit them with that ability, they're they're off of cooldown for that type of CC. So you're like basically CCing them on cooldown constantly. Yeah, and that combined with the Wild Hunt ring. Yeah, exactly. Combined with the Wild Hunt, you're able to keep that distance uh, really easily. You're chewing through their stamina. They're having to use stamina to to deal with all that CC. And the damage is coming at them nonstop the entire time as well. So you're on defense and offense simultaneously. Um, it works really well. I would say a lot of players in that situation will just disengage and like stop trying to chase me, stop trying to pursue me, uh, or I'll just win the fight. You know, and a lot of times if they do try to run away, that's when I can decide, well, maybe I'm just going to go after them now, you know, and just kind of keep playing, play you're, that mag sort that game. Range. So, yeah. so this, this idea is interesting to me, the, the three combos. I, I have a couple questions about this that I'm just curious about. So, okay. you know, BGs, 
they happen incredibly quick. Like it's just split, you know, split second decision, split second decision. It's just quick, quick, quick decision. Is it like, have you noticed any struggles with like picking the right one in the situation? I mean, you kind of explained it. The quick and easies can take care of a lot of them, but have you noticed any issues with kind of like, have you trained yourself to like recognize the situation real quick? And then that's how you kind of know which one to choose from or. I think just kind of the more you play with a particular build, the more you just kind of are able to make those quick decisions in the moment. You know, it seems like it's so hard to figure out what co- what combo I'm going to use right now. But yeah. actually, when you're in the moment, you actually have more time to figure it out than you think you do. You just uh, recognize usually, the situation you're in. Usually, I just I just toss the quick and easy combo at everyone I see and see what happens. And then I just kind of take note of which players it kills and which players it doesn't. Uh, and then the next time I come across someone that it, it didn't, it wasn't, I wasn't able to kill with that. Then I'll try to finesse them a little bit or do that more drawn out, uh, uh, rotation. Uh, but I, I usually every match, unless I see someone that I already know is really good. If I recognize a name or something, I usually just kind of do the quick and easy combo to everyone and just see what sticks. Um, and of course, just like you said, uh, BGs are chaos a lot of the time. So there's plenty of times where I'm not strictly doing one of these combos you know sure. and i'm just kind of there's tons of times where i'm just spamming bombard into a group of players and nothing else you know so sure sure um, I, I do but, think uh, that's really cool though i mean it, it's a very um diversified attack for a character you know a lot of um a lot of builds don't have that you know uh amount of options on how to take down a character i think that's really really cool about this damn crow build is that it kind of has these different options compared to you know to deal with uh the type of uh, enemies you're going against i think that's a really cool kind of next level uh, option this build has i like it he, he's really perfect he's he's kind of he kind of has everything that a that a self-sufficient build could need um and you know you might wonder like well if the finesse combo is more effective, why not just use that against everyone? And the answer is it just takes longer, you know, and I could be racking up more kills with the quick and easy combo. Um, So I don't want to use those longer combos unless I really need to. You really need old old Bobby Bobango. You really need to just throw a a picture of him, just a a screenshot in the discord sometime, just so people can recognize this little, this little gremlin of a stam crow. I made a video for him, although the the build in that video is no longer relevant. But you can <laughs> you can see him on if you go to my YouTube, just search for Cat Sparrowhawk. I'm pretty sure it's the last video I made because I stopped uh, making videos. A little gremlin, gr- gremlin, Bobby Bobango. He's got That's a great. great look. He's got he a really, really great, great look. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, w- I would try to describe it, but there's no way. You just have to see it. <laughs> With Halloween coming up too, he's just like he's oh, just right for Halloween. This is his season. Yeah. Um, I want to mention Betsy really quick. Not that I'm really going to talk about her build, but, uh, last time I mentioned that, uh, with, uh, deadly strikes getting nerfed, it's only going to, it's going to be buffing, uh, your damage by 15% now instead of 18%. And I said, I'm going to do some comparisons with Spriggan and if Spriggan is better then this is going to be yet another character that's using <laughs> Spriggan and she already uses bone pirate. Yeah, what's, the, the, what's the, uh, what's the two sets you'll be using on this set now? So that uh, would be bone pirate and Spriggan just bone like Bobby. Spriggan. Interesting. I, uh, interesting. <laughs> I did log on to P- PTS and do a little bit of comparing between, uh, deadly strikes and Spriggan. The damage is indeed very close. Very similar damage. Deadly Strikes is slightly more. 
It's sure. very slightly more, but I don't know if it's enough to to keep me using it. I might end up switching to Spriggan because the damage is very close, but the, the two through four piece bonuses, like I've said before, are just so much better. And that's kind of Betsy, my mm -hmm. Stamplar. That's kind of her one weak point and her build yeah. is her max stats are not in the best spot. And I've always wished that that was uh, a little bit better yeah that's kind of the struggle with deadly strikes is it's always been this great set for damage but now that they're nerfing the damage i mean there's just really no way around it the two through four on deadly strikes is just not great it's a it's a rough two through four yeah i mean it depends on what you need in your build i mean those can be good stats but just for what i value in my in my builds you know i'd rather have more max stats and, and yeah. that sort of thing if, if you're if you're gonna put deadly strikes on a build you you better make sure the other you you're getting a lot of max stats elsewhere because it's yeah. just not giving you anything yeah, that's why I've always used it with Bone Pirate because Bone Pirate gives me kind of that that surplus of stats that that, that gets me just where just just <laughs> to the point where I feel like I can play the build and and not die all the time. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm I think I'm going to wait for the patch to go live and do some more extensive testing before I really make a concrete decision. Uh, but I think there's a very strong chance that I'll end up switching to Spriggan. And it'll be, she'll basically be the same gear, gear wise, she'll be the same build as Bobby with a Bone Pirate and a Spriggan. And then she'll have a Master Bow in the back bar. Ring of the Wild Hunt. Anyway, it's a bummer to see that deadly nerf, but also I don't want to see Magplars with deadly strikes either. So, <laughs> whatever. Um, that's their builds. Those are the builds we've been playing with. Um, I don't know if listeners, if you have any, uh, build ideas or questions about builds you can uh, email us at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear your ideas for sure uh, who knows maybe we'll talk about it on the show what do you say we talk about the public test server have you heard little of this thing PTS little natch boats <laughs> little natch boats um <laughs> uh, PTS version 7.2.1, uh, that was week two, which was last week. Um, usually week two is totally dead, but this go around, we actually have some stuff on week two, a few things. Zoss keeps us guessing. They like to keep us on our toes. Yep, you never quite know. Um, the Belharza's Band, new mythic item. Um, this one, as a reminder, that's the one that gives you 1185 light attack damage. Then you do the consecutive melee light attacks to get these stacks, and then you do a heavy attack to consume the stacks, and it does this like straight line damage. You know, we we kind of dumped on it a little bit. We we weren't huge fans. Um, I'm still not a huge fan, but it is better now. It will automatically fire when you reach those five stacks. It just fires right away, so you don't have to do the heavy attack uh, to do that. Um, and they've increased the damage that it deals by about 14%. Uh, and now it has a four-second cooldown instead of a 10-second cooldown. So absolutely a buff. It definitely is um, more enticing. Uh, <laughs> but you still have to do these five consecutive melee light attacks. And yep. like I said last time, that means you can't be weaving it with other abilities. And, man, I just don't want to play like that. <laughs> Well, and it still shoots it in a straight line, right? I mean... Straight line after a one-second delay. All this stuff. It's just funny to me because, you know, they, 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 they made a note saying that they're reducing the light attack damage. Uh -huh. uh, that bonus is going to 900 down from 1185. Uh, 
and then there there's the the developer note that they don't want the passive light attack damage to be the focus that right. developer note just cracked me up because it's like it's so funny to me they say that because it it's just like you know they're like we don't want that to be the focus of the set then it's just like well then make it better right <laughs> make make the item better like instead they nerfed the one part people liked about it and it's like no 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 Zoss, come on like just make yeah. the set better if you don't want that to be the focus yeah they said that they were noticing that all the like people talking about this set and stuff, that's the thing that they're excited about. So oh, they're like, oh, well, then you can't have that. Yeah. You don't want that <laughs> well, to I mean, be why you get the set. In fairness to what you were saying, this is their attempt to make it better. Yes, that's true. Know, but, but it's just I, not, they didn't do a there. good enough job, I don't think. No. Yeah. I, I think now their changes have only made. All they've accomplished with these changes is to have less people use the set. Or the, use the it's piece. the. The five consecutive melee light attacks is what kills it for me. Like, even if it didn't have that melee uh, requirement, at least then, like, a, a mag sork using overload might use yeah. this. Because that's, that's, that's like, you do nothing but light attacks, yeah, basically. Yeah, a great then, combo. You know? Yeah, that would, <laughs> Just, that would work. Uh, that cracked me up. Hey, that's we silly. don't want you guys to use it for that. Use it for this. Well... How are you feeling about this Spalder of Ruin change? So this is the one that's the teabag set that we talked about last set. time. You you do a teabag and then it activates this aura that gives your teammates uh, a bunch of extra damage, but then it reduces your own damage uh, per teammate that it's affecting. Uh, well, now it doesn't reduce your damage anymore. Instead, it's gonna uh, it's gonna reduce your health, magicka, and stamina recovery by seventy for each ally that it's affecting. Um, so you keep your damage, but you lose recovery. How, how are you feeling about that, Davius? So this is kind of interesting. I, I, I'll i start off with saying I'm still going to use this set. I still plan to put it on Davius. Uh, it is a bit of a nerf, in my opinion, uh, at least mm -hmm. for me, just because I I think it's, it's a bit of a nerf, but I do think that I can overcome this recovery um, just because Davius's build, you know, when you're not, doing anything for damage you're only focused on heals you know i kind of have extra extra focus on the things i need so i think i can overcome this because you know worst case scenario uh it's you know 280 uh, minus 280 to your recovery which is pretty you know it's a it's, it's a pretty good chunk it's a fair amount it's like a, um, a an infused jewelry glyph right a little bit um more. so i do think that i can overcome it but it is slightly a nerf i you know but at the same time, with this change, now I don't have to worry about my heals kind of taking a nerf. You know, my heals are still going to hit decently hard. Um, so for my personal situation, I'm still going to use it. I think it'll be okay. I think Davius can overcome that recovery. Have to do some um, more heavy attacks here and there. Yeah. I, I. However, I do think that this change is probably going to cause players uh, to step away from this more. I think it's going to be slightly less used now yeah it uh, seems like it'll be like more difficult to use now yeah i do think it is going to be kind of an issue for other players my specific build it'll still work out really well uh my heels Are will you, still be really good but do you uh, have the maelstrom resto on that on that dude yes okay that'll help you out quite a bit yeah so i i kind of look as the the maelstrom resto is probably going to kind of cancel this out for me you know the the stamina recovery is going to hurt and the health recovery is going to hurt a little bit but He's only focusing heals, you know, he'll he'll keep himself healed up. 
Uh, and you know he does have the uh, the the Templar ability where I can absorb do the um, I call it the body absorb. Oh, repentance. <laughs> the correct term is repentance. That me personally makes up for my stamina recovery. I'm already doing a whole bunch of heals, so the health recovery is okay. But I do think it's going to be a little bit harder for players to use now. It's it's clearly a support base type set, and uh, support takes a lot. Uh, of of recovery and so kind of hurting that it's it's going to be a little bit trickier to use i think mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i had a feeling you were still probably going to use it just I, f- I feel like it's a type of team buff that you're not going to be able to resist so. yeah i can't well it's just it fits so well with the davius build i mean he yeah. already that's his goal right now is to is to increase the team's uh, weapon and spell damage. That's his number one. Make that buff higher. This is already doing that with a one piece mythic. That's just perfect for his for his build. The only other thing from last week's uh, PTS um, is uh, they made a small adjustment to dark convergence. Um, and remember, they already we already talked about it's, Get it's it getting nerfed. Uh, <laughs> Get it week, out of here. <laughs> week one, it was already nerfed. It has less damage, a smaller radius, and it pulls once instead of twice. Uh, so in addition to that, it now has a new visual effect. Uh, they say to help better define its radius and attack sources uh, and the timing of the detonation. Uh, I'm curious to see this. I haven't logged in to see because right now, Dark Convergence, the animation is basically a, a reskin of the Templar's Nova Ultimate, yeah. right? So I wonder if it's like a totally different thing and it's not that anymore. I I, I honestly hope it's something different because I'm so tired of seeing that animation uh. at this point. You know, I just would just <laughs> like to see something new for the few people who will still be using it. Okay. It's a shame. The first few times I saw that animation, I was like, whoa, that looks cool. I really liked it a lot, you know, but now I, I'm i over it. I'm way it's, over it's it. It's become the song on the radio that plays in between each other song. Yeah. Uh so anyway, um, changing the visuals to kind of help you understand what's happening with that basically amounts to another nerf as far as I can sit yeah. and see, you know, it's helping you counter it better. So that's pretty much all the interesting stuff from last week's PTS. Uh, and then uh, week three dropped just yesterday. So PTS version 7.2.2. Uh, and this is Usually the week where things are more or less locked in and you can kind of start farming for your new builds and stuff. But uh, I don't know with that curveball from last week. I don't know if I should trust the pattern or not. Yeah. This, this go around week two actually ended up being bigger than this last week, which is not usually the case. Yeah, actually week two, there were more changes than week three. And yeah, you're right. That's totally it's usually the opposite. Um, but for week three, a few changes here. Uh, the Nightblade's Dark Cloak ability this is the other morph of the invisibility cloak, right? This is the one that heals you instead of makes you invisible. They've increased the healing from this ability by about 61% per tick, because uh, it's a heal over time, uh, but they reduced the base duration to three seconds instead of six seconds. So more healing per tick, but a shorter duration, half the duration, but then they've increased, uh, so it gives you minor protection. They've increased the minor protection duration to 10 seconds instead of the six seconds that it was before. This is, I'm interested on this. You, 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 you play Nightblade, you know, you more so do it in a PVE sense, you know, it's kind of your PVE character, but I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on if you think this is a, a nerf or a buff. 
Yeah, I, I've thought about it a little bit, and, you know, I don't play Nightblade a lot in PvP, and when I do, I, I generally use the invisibility morph of this ability. Uh, so I don't know if I can speak with a lot of authority on this, but I can, I can just kind of give a sense of what I think. It seems like for how I would use this ability, I think I like this better than the, the old version. Um, it only lasting three seconds, but it's a much stronger heal for that, for that duration of time. For a, a six second thing, I feel like what a, a lot of Nightblades do is they try to keep it active 100% of the time so that that hot is always running. Um, and I don't like that at all for a six second duration yeah, thing. I don't want to try lot. to keep that that's active. A, that's a lot of uh, upkeep, if you will. But three seconds, no one's even going to try to keep it active at all times for that. You're just going to use it when you need to heal up real quick and then otherwise you're not going to. And that's that's much more how like I use Vigor on a stamina yeah. character. I'll use it like preemptively when I'm expecting a lot of damage or just to heal up really quick after I take some damage. I think I'll kind of use it like that, or I think I would use it kind of like that in this in this iteration. Uh, and then getting that minor protection, you know, that's perfect because you're you're casting this thing to heal up really quickly, which is exactly when you're going to need some minor protection. And ten seconds of that is pretty nice. Um, and I think I would stack this with the rapid regeneration ability from the Resto Staff uh, uh, skill line. Uh, that's a really strong heal over time. It's basically it's about as strong as Vigor, but it's a magic ability. And then that stacked with this, I think you'll basically be unkillable for like three seconds. That sixty-one percent seems like that's a pretty massive big. jump. It seems it's like. already a strong hot right now, yeah. so that'll be big. Uh, I mean, and that's. I, I I mean, like I said, I don't use this ability. I don't play a whole lot of Nightblade. But to me, just reading it and kind of trying to understand it and doing a little bit of research, it seems like a buff. Uh, yeah. One, just simple from a number standpoint. So they cut the duration by 50%, but they increase the heal per tick by 61%. So that, to me, tells me already, like, all right, this is going to be a stronger heal than it was. Like, um, Yeah, I think, like, the total amount of... Like sure. healing points is less, but yeah. you're getting you're getting more like it's a more potent heal. Yeah, and 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 kind of like you said in a in a PvP situation, I kind of like the the burstier heal. I yeah, for me that too. Situation for sure because it it uh, can get you you know you can step out for a second and then get right back into the fight quicker. Yeah, kind of heal up quicker and get back in there. Uh, yeah, that's that's much more in alignment with how I would use this and. Um, this actually really makes me start thinking like maybe I should switch to this morph and then, you know, instead of invisibility, if I still wanted to play that kind of evasive kind of play style, instead of uh, invisibility, I could use the the teleport shade ability, mm -hmm. which in a lot of ways is even better than invisibility, right? Because it just gets you out of there. You're not even, you just disappear completely. Um, so you still have that option for that, that type of gameplay and also have some crazy strong selfish healing going on there too. I hope you're right about something there. I would love to see less cloaked Nightblades. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. But if it means that more Nightblades are using the teleport shade, I don't know if that's yeah, good that's or true. bad thing. <laughs> it's a trade-off there. I don't know if that's better. Because the thing is, it's a rule in all my PvP builds. I have counters to stealth. And if there's an yeah. invisible person, I can pull them out of stealth on almost all my builds. But uh, there's nothing you can do about them teleporting away. You know, they're just gone. And if they're Man. clever about it, you have no idea where they even went. Is there anything worse than, you know, when they're, you're like fighting on a ledge and somebody drops and you drop with them and they hit that ability and you're just like, ah. 
Yeah, so and there's no nothing you can do. Nothing there's you can no do. right decision to make there. If no. you if you don't follow them, then they just keep running away, yeah. and they're they're gone. They they get away either way. Yep. Either way, they're going to be safe. There's not there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Yep. So that's really the only kind of like combat ability change that's worth mentioning from week three. Uh, they've adjusted some some mythics further. So back to Belharz's band. Uh, this. They, they said in week two that they were going to do this, and then this is just them doing it. They reduced that light attack damage down to 900 instead of 1185 because they don't want that to be the, the thing <laughs> that people use this set for, or that mythic item for. Um, and then a dark convergence comes up again. They fixed Get an issue. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, this is actually significant. We normally don't talk about fixes from PTS, but this is one that... It is effectively a major nerf to this set. Yeah. They fixed an issue where it was pulling people from further than it was supposed to. So it already has a massive radius. It's like a 12 meter radius. Like even if it's pulling you, even if it didn't have that bug, it's still way too big. But then on top of that, it was pulling you even if you're not even inside of that radius. And it does it. It does it almost every time. Yeah. And it's it. I don't know about you. It was pulling me through like line of sight buildings and stuff it was just a nightmare it's it'll it's, pull you it'll pull you from like a ground floor up to an upper floor yeah it, it's, it's just all a over real it's a real mess i you know we we played some some bgs recently and really it's been awful i mean we've, we've talked about how just frustrating dark convergence is but you know we played the bg map where where lava is in in the bg map you know it's <laughs> yes. the fact that we were playing what was it a um i think it was a necro yeah, what they were doing is they were casting their uh, their pummeling Goliath ultimate in the lava, and then Dark Pulls Convergence the would pull us into the lava with that Goliath thing going in and, the lava, and you're just guaranteed There's death. nothing you can do. And it was so easy for them. I mean, it's one thing. A yeah. lot of people use that lava to their advantage in that map, and we talked about this. That's one thing, you know, if you can strategically use it. But this set has made it so easy to just throw an AOE into we're the We're not lava. even near the lava. We're no, not you don't even, have to be close near. to you just, it. You just throw an AOE into the lava. Everybody's getting yanked into the lava and just collect your kill. It's just like, oh my gosh! Like, yeah. Ugh. I mean, it's you got to be like, hats off to you. you're getting those kills, buddy. You're you're winning the match. Yeah. But man, it's so frustrating that that low. That, that's all the effort it takes. Just cast an ultimate in this spot and you win. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so they fix that, and plus the radius is getting reduced in addition to them fixing this radius problem. Uh, and all the other nerfs that we've already mentioned. I, I really hope that it just is going to disappear completely. <laughs> I, I think it will. Uh, let's let's hope. We can hope. <laughs> I feel like that's like the third or fourth time we've ranted about Dark Convergence in this podcast. But, I mean, that's the state of, of hey, PvP right now, though. Yeah, if there's players out there in Battlegrounds, they get it. They get yeah. it. I, uh, I've thought about, like, if I had... What if I had a friend like at my house and they were like watching me play some BGs and they would see this dark convergence vortex all over the place. They probably think like, Oh, that's like a major part of this game. Uh, you know, that's like some, something integral to how this game works. And I'd be like, no, that's just some stupid set that didn't exist until recently. You just know? give it a couple of weeks. It'll be gone. Yeah. Uh, that I will. I got to give major kudos. I, they, they recognize seemingly they're recognizing the issues They're recognizing the frustration uh, and I think that, uh, you know, greener pastures are ahead of us. It's hard for that to make me look past the fact that it made it into the game at all. True. But you're right. I mean, they, they, they are fixing it. So yep. that's fine. Um, 
And the thing is, though, like we talked about in the last episode, that fix is going to come alongside crit being given back to prox set. So I wonder if we're just going out of the pot and into the frying pan there, you know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what that's like. I think it's going to be an improvement. I think as long as the mobility issue, that that's the real thing for me. I think I like high damage metas, yeah. so I think maybe it might be all right as long as I can control my character you know that'd be nice it kind of makes me think that malakath is is really going to be you know we might be seeing kind of the end of the this malakath thing you know malakath's been such a dominating pvp piece uh, yeah I'm kind well, of it's all it's, kind of already it's on its way out yeah and it's kind of already like i was talking about earlier like i took malakath off of my bow crow and sometimes it feels like i've actually gained gained yep. damage as a result yep uh, already so yeah, I think uh, I think Malakath is just going to be kind of an option, you know, that you may or may not want to use, just depending. Sure. Um. Anyway, that's all the PTS stuff. We're nearing the end here. Uh, emails and shoutouts. Uh, no emails this week, but we do have a shout out to Doctor Professor for typing exclamation point golden into the Discord uh, <laughs> so that we can all see what is going on on the gold vendor this week. Thanks, thanks Dr. Professor. Someone Thank had you, to do Dr. it. Professor. Someone had to type exclamation point golden and Dr. Professor was the one that did it. Thanks, dude. There you <laughs> go. That's what it's about. That's, that's all I could come up with with shout outs. There's not a lot else going on I'm in a, the community I'm throw, lately. I'm going to throw an old Grizzly Khan shout out just for a shout out Grizzly Khan. Yeah, just so... Just for him, you know, he's being Grizzly Khan right now, so... He's out there Grizzly Conning it up. Grizzly Conning it up. <laughs> That's, you know, people say that. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that all the time. Yeah. All the time I hear that. We have a guild. It is the best <laughs> named guild in the game. Our name is Stoons Goons. Stoons Goons. If you'd like to be in the best named guild in the game, let us know. <laughs> well, very specific there, among other things, among many other things, best named. I like to be very specific. You're very specific. Uh, with I'm not your making phrase. any other claims about our guild. Uh, you're like walking up to somebody that's like dressed nice, and you're like, "I like your shoelaces. I yeah. just want you to know, I really like your shoelaces." And then just walk And then they, they start like saying, oh yeah, I got these shoes. No, no, no. I don't like the shoes actually no, no, at no, all. No, 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 no. I like these shoelaces. Yeah. Those are really nice shoelaces. Best named <laughs> guild in the game, Stoons Goons. If you'd like to be a member, you can email us at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com uh, and we'll get you in there. Um, also, I guess I should have mentioned the email address when we were talking about emails and shout outs, but you can also just email us to say hello, ask us a question, make a suggestion about the show, ask us what our favorite breakfast cereal is. Uh, tell us a joke, say hello. I think I already said so, say hello. Really whatever you want. Scroll in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and I think that's the end of the podcast. Davius, anything else? I think that's it. I'm going to nail the the goodbye this time. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, okay. We're going to get out of here. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.
here comes a snap. Three, two, one. Boom. Okay. Well, that was a little boom. I'm looking at the the feedback. It was just a little a little baby boom. It was a it was a chill boom, but yeah, I mean chill. it was definitely it was there. It was peaceful. For sure. I heard it. I feel like a serene pond. Yeah, I call that like a some, uh, I call that a Bob Ross boom, if I will. The Bob okay, writing down that down as a possible episode title. <laughs> Bob Ross boom. Bob Ross boom. <laughs> the Bob Ross boom. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it makes it.